Gerald got me a sewing machine because I just wanted to make stuff and um I started to learn how to sew. I didn't know how to thread this machine. I didn't know how to understand it. Um, Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. This is episode 49, originally published on April 30th, 2020. And I am Stephanie, your host. And if you're brand new to the show, welcome. Welcome. We've got a great show uh, today. Um, and uh, uh, for those of you who have been following along, have known that I have been so sick the last month and a half. And um, and uh, just this week, I am really starting to feel better. I am, I would say, about 70% there, 70% to normal, uh, So, um, which is so much better than I was last week and, and previously. Um, but um, I'm so happy about this because last week, it just like wasn't changing every day. Every day was like, the same and not getting better. And you just, I just felt like, am I ever, ever going to get better from this bronchitis? Um, but then uh, on Sunday, I woke up and started the day. And then all, I was just like, oh my gosh, I am starting to feel better. This is great. Yes. So, so yeah, I am definitely this week on the mend. And uh, still have some coughing going on and that sort of thing. But I mean, thank God I can be out of bed for <laughs> at least three quarters of the day versus only a couple hours a day. Uh, so that is a huge improvement. And thank you. Thank you so much for those of you who have sent me some really nice um messages, emails, and um, notes of, you know, wishing I get better. And really, it does help um, when, when, when someone, you know, just sends you a nice cheerful note. So I thank you so much for that. Uh, it really goes a long way and really um, did pick up my spirits. Uh, so that was really great. All right. So, um, now, like within this whole quarantine, um, we're starting to get, you know, up until this point for the last month, I would say we were all sort of in the same place where um, everybody, almost everyone had a mandate to stay at home from their state. And so now starting this week, about 19 states have started to lift those um, restrictions. And some of them have opened, they have opened restaurants and even Texas opened some movie theaters, which I think is a little, little too soon, but I don't know. I don't live there and I, I'm not, I'm not up to the numbers of their stats on and the number of viruses and so forth they have. I just know that in my state in Illinois, the governor extended our stay at home mandate through the end of May. And um, we're just, you know, I, I, I am in this really densely populated urban um, uh, location and uh, we still have we still have a lot uh, of cases and and daily deaths going on. So um, I know uh, so many people need to get back to work and um, 
So uh, it's it's going to happen, and um, I just um, I hope everyone is doing well, and um, we're just we're all just getting through this the best that we can because no one has ever gone through anything like this in their lifetime, um, no one. So uh, we're just we're we're just taking it a day at a time, including all of the experts on infectious disease and the scientists and the the modeling specialist people who try to forecast what's you know going to happen. So um, yeah, none of us know, and uh, it's very uncertain. But um, I just um, you know. For the first like three weeks of this um, uh, lockdown, I guess, or, you know, stay at home mandate, it was pretty depressing. And you just I mean, New York was just in a dire situation. And then New Orleans got, you know, into that. And I saw my own state, you know, start to elevate. Um, And it was really, really a dark period. And I limited the amount of of news that I would watch because it got way too depressing. But I I knew I would have to keep up with it because things were changing so rapidly day by day and even hour by hour. Um, So I would just kind of get like once a day sort of thing of the news. And then um, then, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, Good Morning America, which is um, the morning news show that I like to watch, they were starting to put up stories very positive. They were really showing um, the kindness and and humanity um, and things that people were doing for other people, people they don't know. And uh, it was really good. And they're still doing it. And I love seeing those stories. But um, it's it's sort of like a love-hate thing because I'm telling you, it's like it gets me bawling and crying every morning, but it's not it's not that depressing, you know, end of the world cry. It is uplifting. It is like, oh my gosh, there is extraordinary in all of us. These these stories are about, you know, everyday ordinary people that have become extraordinary just by doing the human kind thing for someone else. And I truly believe that that is what is going to carry all of us through this pandemic. And you know what else is going to carry us through? Sewing and quilting and being creative, right? So let's talk about sewing and being creative. Um, I I know I've been talking about making face masks for like the last, I don't know how many episodes, but I just have one more thing to um, tell you guys. And um, there, there are a lot of videos that show um, pipe cleaners being used as the flexible wire that molds around the nose. And those, those work great. But the metal in those pipe cleaners will erode and rust when the masks are washed. So um, in, you can still use those, but um, 
it, you should make a sleeve on the back of the mask. And it's really, you know, at first I'm like, oh, a sleeve. That's like adding a whole nother who knows how many minutes and steps to this. It's really not that bad. You just all you do is is cut out a one and a half by six inch piece and and you you press up the two sides in the bottom. You top stitch the bottom onto it and then that's it. The rest of it gets sewn into the mask the seams as normal. And that way the pipe cleaner can be slid into the little sleeve on the back and when you wear it. And then when you wash it, you can just pull it out before it goes into the washer and then put it back in when it's all done and dried. So that's one one um, solution to that uh, sort of issue. And then another one is if you just you do you just want to stitch the the wire directly into the mask and you don't want to mess around with the sleeves, um, you can find wire that is um, it won't that won't rest. And uh, there is a craft wire. I ordered some. It's not here yet, but it's coming, and um, it is a twenty gauge. Uh, silver craft wire. It's actually made um, of copper and then it's um, covered with something else that's that's silver. So all I know is that it, it is it will not erode or or rust when it gets wet or when it gets washed. So I'm going to try that out as well in the masks. But uh, since that before I get this wire, I have made lots of masks with the pipe cleaners with the sleeves and uh, that works really well. And I think the pipe cleaners are much more easily um, findable, or is that even a word? Findable? They're 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 much is much easier to source than this um, other type of wire. Uh, so you can't just use any wire either. You just you have to make sure that you find out what it's made of because what going through all that work to make these masks just to have this wire erode inside the mask is is just not a no it's not good all right so that's it on the masks um let's talk about tulip pink in all of these fat quarter shop videos on youtube yeah uh recently tulip pink did several videos and it is on the fat quarter shop youtube channel they have a great channel, by the way. They have really like they have a super high production <laughs> on these videos. Uh, but there, there was a couple of series um, that I watched. One of them was um, um, several episodes, and Tula talked about her process of designing fabrics, how she does it, and then she gave kind of like a behind-the-scenes glimpse of what happens and how this fabric is produced after um, she has designed a collection and hands it off to Free Spirit. So that was really very interesting. It's pretty fascinating. So um, I, I, that was a really good series. And then the next series, there was like a three-part tutorial that Chula did on English paper piecing. And, uh, you know, she is just naturally a very good um, 
instructor or teacher. Um, and, and she, she has like a humor that is similar to my own. Uh, so sort of like a, I don't know, a little bit sarcastic, but you know, it's just not the end of the world if you're not doing something like to the utmost level of perfection. So I love that about her. Um, and I did take away a couple of new things to do with my English paper piecing. And, um, one of them is that um, she uses the little, they're, they're the mini size, so tight, they're magnets. So there's like these rectangle magnets. And they also do now, now have little tiny um, circles of magnets, but I like the mini ones. Um, and those hold together the two pieces um, of English paper piecing that you want to sew together. And uh, so I ordered some of those. And the other thing is the type of needles to use. So I'm not, I, I've always known about tulip needles. Those are um, really like high quality needles that are made in Japan. And I've only used uh, the sashiko needles, the tulip sashiko needles when I've done sashiko um, hand stitching. So uh, I really, I just didn't really uh, ex expand um, that product line so I didn't know that they had all of these other different types of needles quilting, applique, embroidery they even have glass head pins, quilting pins so um, she uses the applique um, big eye needles and what's great about those needles is that the eyes are not like wider so it's harder to get through, you know, the layers of fabric. It's still like a narrow eye, but it's longer. The eye opening is longer. So you get that much more <laughs> space to get that thread through the eye of that needle. So um, yeah, that was really a great tip. And I, um, I immediately went on a search for those. Uh, Fat Quarter Shop was selling them. And um, I think at the time, see, this is what happens <laughs> when people uh, do do um, videos and they use certain products and then everybody wants that product and then it sells out. So I think that they were kind of sold. They were sold out on the applique neat, big eye needle. So then I ended up getting um, a whole set of them on Amazon and it was a little bit of an investment, but um, I do a lot of hand stitching and um so it it was actually more economical to get a set versus purchasing an individual box. But they sell, you can get them however you want. So I just got like the set of um, the, all of the different types of hand needles, the applique embroidery, quilting, um, regular stitching, and also the um, glass head quilting pins. I love glass head pins because you can just, you can iron over them and they're, they're very pretty with their colors. So um, I'm really excited about that. And the tulip packaging uh, is so beautiful. It comes in like this beautiful box, cardboard box with a red ribbon at the top. And um, inside of it, the, the needles are inside these little like, they look like test tubes. <laughs> and with the little with the cork on the top. So it's really pretty. I just I just enjoy um, the beautiful uh, way that they are uh, packaged. 
So those are the tulip needles. The other thing she had mentioned, which I already have started using, um, I told you about this recently, is that little pink um, rotating mat, cutting mat by Sue Daly. Um, it's really great and she uses it and loves it. Uh, so that is a great tool. It's And like she says in the tutorial, it's not 100% necessary, but it's kind of nice to have. Uh, and one other thing, um, was, oh, no, I told you about it. It was those little mini so tight magnets. Here's the thing about those though, cause I have the, a set of the bigger ones, the bigger magnets and the mini ones came the same way where they use this adhesive that does not come off. And so before you even use these, you have to find a solvent to, to get this gummy adhesive off of them. And I just, and, and they know this, there's a little insert that says, oh, here's how you can remove this adhesive, go find some nail polish remover. Or what I have is Goo Gone, which I think probably might work a little bit better. I don't know, but I just, um, that's just like a little irksome thing for me that I just don't like when I order those because they're magnets. All I have to do is put the back of the magnet on the back side of the cardboard piece and the front on the front side of the cardboard. Why does it have to be adhered to the cardboard? I don't understand it, but hey, you know what? That's just my little, my little thing. Um, anyway. Uh, so those, check out those videos. They're really, really very good. And you know, like when you see the, um, English paper piecing that makes these really beautiful kaleidoscope patterns, she talks about that and it's really not as hard as you would think it is to create those. Um, however, it does, you know, end up wasting a bunch of fabric because you do have to fussy cut the same design over and over again to get those those that kind of kaleidoscope type of a pattern. And then she did another one, which was also on uh, her Instagram and Facebook, but they did um, a more recent tour of her studio uh, that she calls Pinkerville. And that was a lot of fun, too. She, she showed everywhere, you know, in her studio, which is also where she lives. And it's really so great. It's so gorgeous. And um, I enjoyed hearing the story of of um, that. Uh, I guess it's like a farmhouse uh, that she lives in. And there's some really unique decorative elements in there, like the fireplace and the chandelier. But I'm not going to tell you any more about that because I don't want to ruin um, the story about that. So you can go and watch that the, those videos um, and find out those really cool things about those decorative elements. Uh, so what else? Um, oh, there, there's another tool that I wanted to mention, and I have mentioned this on a previous episode a while back. And it's this is like a tool that I really have come to um, rely upon a lot, and I really like it. It is the Clearly Perfect Angles. And this is a thin, clear silicone sheet that sticks to the bed of the sewing machine. And it's printed with these, um, all of these guidelines and uh, they, you line it up, you cut out the opening to fit your machine um, around your feed dogs. 
And so it, it fits um, right underneath your um, the needle and it goes it goes back behind the, the needle plate. So there's so you have to cut out that um, the, the center part that goes over the, the feed dogs to free that up. And then there are um, there's a set of lines that goes from the center of the needle down and it will go it will go all the way down the front of your sewing bed in and especially if you have like one of those um, attachable quilting tables or if your machine is um, uh, lowered into a sewing table it'll come out um, probably about like eight more inches with the lines on there. And I love it because you can make binding super quick. You don't have to mark any of those diagonal lines. You just put them together, the 90 degrees that they need to be. And then you line it up with that line that goes all the way down. So you can see where you need to stitch from beginning to end. And it's so quick. And then I also use it just for the quarter inch seam line because it goes all the way down. It's not, you know, sometimes those um, notches on the needle plate that marks those seam lines are hard to see. And they're only like right there. So these lines that go all the way down, you can really guide that fabric in really nicely. It's just... I love it. It's really great. And you don't really even have to take it off. Um, I My machines all have the um, the side bobbin. It's not the drop-in. And so that's not a, I don't have to move it at all. But um, they do say on their packaging that if you have a drop-in bobbin, because that sheet does lay on top of it. So, um, but you don't have to take the whole thing off. You can just roll it up to expose the little um, door that snaps open for for the bobbin, the drop-in bobbin, and roll it back down. So I really love this. It's, it's like a really good um, tool that I've gotten used to, and I would say is, for me, kind of essential. It just takes the headache away of sewing diagonals. Um, so um, I'll put that in my um, podcast page show notes. All right, I'm running a little bit long in this first segment, but I do want to update you on the epics show that I told you about on the last episode called Belgravia. Um, I, the first episode, I wasn't sure, but now I've seen the first three episodes and I am hooked. I love this show. It is like the um, Edwardian version of like a soap opera, a nighttime soap opera, like Dynasty or something. I don't know. Um, but it is, it's a lot of fun. And there are some really interesting uh, storylines and secrets. And um, of course, like I said before, the, the the clothing, the costumes and, and all of the, um, you know, scenery, uh, everything, furniture, decorations are just as much as part of the show that I like to watch as the actual show itself. So I really highly recommend that show, Belgravia. I've got a few other shows to uh, recommend to you guys, but I'm going to just put those on my podcast page show notes. So if you're interested in finding out what those are, go to my podcast page at stephaniesochadesign.com. 
Uh, I also have the domain of makeanddecorate.com, which might be easier for you to remember. All right. So my guest on today's episode is actually two guests, Gerald and Elena Flores from the podcast So Taco. They are a husband and wife team. They each have their own uh, side hustle business. And I love their podcast. And we are going to learn all about how they came to podcast and how they grew these um, side hustle creative businesses uh, to be so successful as they are. Now, we recorded this episode before everything happened tipsy-turvy in our pandemic world. So this episode we recorded um, in January. So also stay tuned till the end because they have a promo code discount to um, both of their online shops. I'm so happy to welcome Gerald and Elena Flores from the So Taco podcast to my show today. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi. Stephanie. How are you? <laughs> We're good. Thanks We're for good, having thanks. us. Oh, this is the first time I'm having two people at one time on my show. Um, but you guys are in the same place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that helps. <laughs> so that does help a little bit. Um, and uh, I just want to tell you before we get into your story that I found you guys just by like, I don't know, serendipity or something. Because every once in a while, I will search through the podcast search machine and I'll type in um, sew and quilt and maker and stuff like that. And then so taco popped uh -huh. up uh -huh. and I was like, what? How do I not know about this show? <laughs> and oh, uh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then not long after you guys, I heard you on Creative Queso, which I also listen to that show. Oh, Jennifer Perkins. That was yes. so fun. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, that's kind of Jennifer like how I've kind of discovered you guys. And then ever since then, I have been listening and loving everything that you guys do. So uh, <laughs> so I wanted to have you on the show. So um, for my listeners, Gerald and Elena are married and they both mm -hmm. have their own side hustles. And in addition to their full-time work. Uh, so <laughs> let's hear about just the story, you know, your story and um, your side hustles and that sort of thing. Sure. Who, you wanna, who should go first, Elena? You can go first. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, for, for me, I do talk a lot, so I'll try not to. Uh, and right. if you listen to our podcast, you know that I talk a lot. <laughs> so basic, basically, um, I've been a, a graphic designer for, gosh, probably like 14 years now. And um, I, I ended up launching a brand um, on my own and it came from about five years ago. I was, I was looking for a t-shirt that I wanted to wear that had some cool taco phrase on it or just looked cool and it had to do with tacos because I love ta who doesn't love tacos, right? right? And I couldn't find one. So I decided to um, just make my own and I, I made one and then I, I kind of put it on Instagram uh, and I think at the time it was just family and friends. I think I had like a hundred and something followers and and I put it on and then um, somebody was like, are you going to sell that? And I was like, ah, oh, should I? And then um, I, I made a website for it, figured out how to do that myself and um, sold one and then sold another. And and it kind of just, I mean, we could do so many episodes just on this alone, but it, it snowballed into um, what is now uh, called Taco Gear, which has been uh, my my baby, my side hustle, because I do have a full-time job um, for the past five years, 
my full-time job is uh, still in the creative world, which I think is a, is a benefit uh, for me. I'm, um, I'm the creative director at a web development agency. So during the day, I get to, I get to do that during the day and stay creative. And uh, sometimes it's a little draining, but as soon as we get home from five on, it's nothing but taco gear for me. And then, of course, you know, whatever my wife uh, needs help with in, in her brand. But that's kind of like just the nuts and bolts of it. And the whole five years have been like an incredible journey. So really, that's that's kind of a, just the the short synopsis of what Taco Gear is. And the funny thing is, um, I just launched another brand like two days ago. What? Uh, I launched a I took I took I took what I what I learned from Taco Gear, uh-huh. which is an entire brand dedicated to tacos. And I applied it to pizza. Oh, so I have a new brand. I have a new brand called That Pizza Brand because I couldn't figure out what else to name it. So I just said that pizza brand. (laughs) No, there was so much stuff that was already taken. Oh, yeah. And that just launched too. So that's super new. But that's kind of just the the basics of mine. What about you, Elena? For me, uh, so Bonita started when I just needed to do a creative itch. Um, I've always been creative. I had a successful cupcake business um, that I ran out of my home for about two or three years. And then I just really overworked myself with that, Um, not knowing how to say no, not knowing how to say uh, instill boundaries. Um, And that was really tough. But I learned a lot because I don't have any schooling or education when it comes to business. It's all self-taught. And then Gerald got me a sewing machine because I just wanted to make stuff and – I started to learn how to sew. I didn't know how to thread this machine. I didn't know how to understand it. Um, And I enrolled myself in some classes just to learn the basics. And then that's how I I learned how to sew. And knowing or being married to a graphic designer um, has its definite perks. And so I... um, at the same time, I, I asked him to design me a shirt with the word chingona. And when I did that, people were like, oh, my God, where can I buy that? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so we just decided to combine both sewing and then like this empowerment T-shirt line that incorporates my Mexican-American culture. And that's how So Bonita was born. Yeah, that is so in a nutshell. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and um, well, since you brought up Chingona, um, I uh, watched. I learned about that from the um, Stars show Vida. You know, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good show, and um, I heard that. Yeah. yeah, and they they were you know calling you know I'm a Chingona la la la. So I looked it up, and you know. It, it means badass, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So cool. I, I think um, th- this shirt, I, I, we came out with mine probably about four or five years ago, and in that time, um, I think politically, women were trying to make a statement, and then they still are. Um, and so it was a movement that was building on itself, you know, and I was just so happy to be a part of it. And I see, you know, people that are so positive, body positive influencers like Lizzo, who is, Mm. you know, making the word bitch, uh, a more term of endearment, um, as opposed to something that has some kind of bad connotation. And so I, I, women are just accepting those words and making definitions on their own. And I think that's important. And I just, I am so happy that So Bonita was part of that. 
uh, yeah. played a very, very small role in that huge movement. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I just wonder because, um, you know, you sell the t-shirt. I love the one that um, says Chingona and it's like kind of like a lace design. Um, oh, yeah. Papel picado. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh, uh-huh. but then I'm like, I don't know if I can if I if I can wear it because it's, you know, technically not my culture, but I just love, you know, the meaning of it and everything. Uh, yeah, I think anybody can wear it. Do you? I think it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like you want to you want to not appropriate anything. Right. And I, I understand that. But I think um, the the word is so accepting to everyone mm-hmm. uh, because in, in its entirety, we're all women and we're just trying to stand up for each other. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your background is. Okay. I just want to make sure that you get equally uh, paid and equally treated with respect like all of us. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that that's I, I don't think that it has any barriers. OK, good, good. Because I love it. So get it. you one, girl. I will. I'm going to. <laughs> well, I and you, you were. I saw you. I don't know if it was on your video or whatever, but you had one that looked like it was a metallic. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We did a. We we ran a metallic, the oh, gold foil. I want that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are asking us to do it again, and and we had those locally made, and so it was a pre-order, oh. and it was such such a successful campaign. Yeah, we might have to do it again. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, I'm all over that if you do that again, yeah. for sure. Okay. Awesome. So, um, all right. And then so you guys are in Corpus Christi, Texas. Yeah. We are. And um, I love learning about that because I really didn't know anything about Corpus Christi. I'm in Chicago. And... Um, I mean, whenever I hear Texas, it's usually like, you know, the big H or Dallas or Austin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's Texas. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, Texas is. um, And I visited Chicago and I remember you had mentioned that um, in your email to us. And by the way, like it was so clean, like where we were, like everything was so like neat. Yeah. I I thought that was so cool. But Mm -hmm. Texas, um, you're right. Texas is known for. uh, Everyone thinks we ride horses and <laughs> and um, all that stuff, but uh, you know Texas is Corpus Christi. It's still it's still small enough of a town where when we hear it in a movie, which is like really rare, we're like, oh, they said Corpus Christi. Yeah. And uh, like I like I've been binge watching ER on Hulu, mm-hmm. and they said it in there. And Did I was they like, really? Yeah, yeah. Because one of the doctors was his father was in Na- was in the Navy, and he was like, we were stationed in Corpus Christi once, and I was like, oh, he said Corpus Christi, <laughs> uh, which was. Kind of interesting, uh, but yeah, no. Corpus Christi is it's a it's a beach town basically. Population's a little over uh, two hundred and fifty thousand. Um, the last probably five or six years, there's been a huge um, boom in our downtown area. We don't have a huge downtown, but it was dead, and there wasn't a lot of local businesses. But there's been a, a huge influx of locals um, who are opening up their own businesses. A lot of people are now starting to um, or have been supporting local restaurants, eating out more mm-hmm. and just, um, aware of the fact that let me show my support with this place that opened up a coffee shop or this new little market that opened up. But, um, we love it. Uh, we love traveling too, by the way, but whenever, whenever we, um, come back to Texas, we're like, okay, we're in Texas again. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, cool. yeah. And I looked it up on a map to see where exactly it was at. And it's like way down, 
um, yeah. by the Gulf of Mexico, but there's like Corpus like Christi on the Gulf, is yeah. right on the Gulf where there's a bay. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that yeah. Yeah. just seems like it would be a paradise, really, because, I mean, I would love the ocean. <laughs> I really love the West Coast. Like whenever I go like out to San Francisco and that Northern California, oh, I just yeah. never, that's like one of my favorite places. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I can imagine how you know tight-knit and and a beach town is a little bit more casual and so it's so different Mm -hmm. from you know where I'm at which is like so large urban and you know it's nobody cares who you are (laughs) they just want to get to where they're going (laughs) and yeah uh, Yeah. so but I mean sure we have our you know small business things and people do support each other but not like the way you guys talk about, and you guys have guests on your show that are from your local area, which I think is unique, and I think it's a really great thing about your show. It's one of the things I love. Um, so we oh, should talk yeah. about your show. Talk about So Taco. Um, I'll I'll start by saying that uh, Elena did not want to do it. No, she did not want to do a podcast, <laughs> no. and the. Uh, she uh, she'll tell you why she didn't want to do it. But basically, uh, we were we were trying to look for ways to kind of extend our brand or each of our brands. And I thought it would be an interesting way to let the audience or our, our followers know a little bit more about us. And and for a while, though, we I thought, well, what, what are we going to talk about? Because we, we are not the authority on anything and we don't ever claim to be. But what we are the authority of um, is ourselves. We know us and we know what we've done and what we've gone through and what's worked and then we uh decided to go through all of our uh dms and see what questions we would get asked most often and we decided to create episodes out of those and her and i both knew that we were so busy we were not going to be doing this every week which now spoiler alert we are now doing it every week (laughs) but at at the time i said let's try this and she was like oh i don't want and she'll tell you why she didn't want to in a minute okay but the um we made a list and we knocked them out in one weekend. We recorded all the episodes. We uploaded them um, and uh, one at a time each week. And the response was great. And then we took a little break and then we did it again. And we're in season six now. Um, and don't ask me what makes it a season because I have no idea. We just stop <laughs> and then we start again. But one of the, the, the season of guests is what you're probably referring to that mm-hmm. had the most amount of guests because that's all we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we actually wanted to – we wanted to have guests on as a way to help grow the podcast. And then also we wanted to learn how to become better hosts because uh, that was something we wanted more practice with and just get to know these people a little, a little more, which was a lot of fun. But now it's such a mixture of our daily lives, what we're doing. Um, we're super transparent about everything. I'll let Elena talk more about that. But for the most part, we'll still throw guests in every once in a while. I like but that. we are we now recording every Every um every Thursday, week, every Thursday. Yeah. We actually just finished before we got on the call with, with you yeah. right now, oh, which okay. was interesting. Uh, um, <laughs> and we got on a schedule and we just we just put them up. Our our best guest, um, our most popular one has been Cheech Marin from Cheech and Chong. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember we, that one. We had him on. He's a he's a huge uh, collector. He's the largest uh, collector in the world of Chicano art. And he um actually our art museum down here had um his entire collection there and he came down for it and um he came down for a documentary that he was in uh to, and we Elena jumped the gun and and she was like hey can we get him on and we made some calls and we were able to do that which is really really know, cool that was so cool 
Yeah. uh, You know, one of the things that we preach a lot on our podcast is the worst anybody can say is no. And um, so when you want to ask something, ask, you know, um, and and sometimes that that can be very difficult. Right. And so um, the worst that they could have told us was, no, that's not doable. And we would have been okay with it. Um, But when we asked, we're like, yeah, okay, let's do something fun. And why do you want to do the podcast? I did want to do the podcast because I felt like it was a very, it was putting me in a very vulnerable position. Um, I, I have some anxiety issues and I've talked about that on our podcast and then, um, being diagnosed with it. Finally, like I finally feel, um, that I have, like I've been living with it like this for 40 years and I thought I was just really weird. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you have this. Oh, well that makes complete sense. And so, um, I, I, I'm, we, when we were already on Instagram with our businesses, you, the, the audience only sees a glimpse of the brand, right? So you're in charge of what is being vision, visually represented. And, but I've, I'm so thankful for this podcast because I feel like I've opened up to an audience that, um, has met me on a more intimate level on top of that. I now like post stories on my Instagram at when I'm like without makeup or I have my mouth guard on or I lock myself out of the house. Like oh, I remember I, that. It's so <laughs> it's so real now. Like I feel very thankful that this podcast has allowed me to open up in that sense. Um, so I don't feel very vulnerable. Um, I don't feel like an upside upside down turtle anymore. Um, I feel more. Um, this is very, very a uh, therapeutic. Yeah. So that's why I didn't want to do it. Um, I was really hesitant. I didn't want to, I, and you know, I didn't want to disappoint anybody and I didn't want to, for people to criticize. Um, but now it's like, I don't care if, mm-hmm. if I, if you don't like it, you don't listen to it, then it's not for you. Um, yeah. So I, it's, it's allowed me to build like, like almost, um, uh, a shell uh, in that turtle type of like, um, I, I'm like a turtle now. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really interesting because I can definitely relate to that because I too um, have anxiety and um, have been dealing with it for years. And, um, but I wanted to do a podcast for a long time, four years I waited I prepared, mm-hmm. I got my microphone, I got all the stuff. I was listening to Pat Flynn, all of his podcasts and how to start one. Um, uh, but um, first of all, because I wanted to, you know, join, like get more in touch with this community of, you know, sewing and quilting. But yeah. also the same thing of just to get out of my, you know, her- hermit type self. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and you're right. It is therapeutic. I have found so I've been doing my podcast all year, almost two years. It'll be July. It'll be two years. Um, yeah. But Congratulations. I, thank you. Thank you. So, um, but it's interesting to hear you talk about that and and mention it because you tip you kind of think that podcasters and a lot of them are very um, extroverted and just uh-huh. full of personality. Um, I think Gerald is very charismatic and it's just, it seems like just, it yeah. just comes so easy to him. And right. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, not so as much. easy for me. And I just, you it's know, it's not as easy for me too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and it is a compliment. 
Um, <laughs> and like people, when I was on a, on a podcast two weekends ago with a bunch of ladies that I've never met here in Corpus. And I said that, I said, I, I consider myself an introvert. They're like, what? No, you're so strong and you're so, and I was like, well, yeah, but like at the end of the day, I'm ready to go home and like shut myself off to the world. And not only that, but like it takes me forever to prep that I'm going to be in a crowd or I'm going to. Me too. I'm invited to this party. And yeah. Or like when Gerald said, let's go to the movies. And it's like, wait a minute. Hang on. Let me just (laughs) prepare. Right. Uh, I I have to elaborate on what she's saying, which is it's it's all true. But she um, she's. Like the whole movie thing, you would think it was not a big deal, right? Big like, deal. hey, there's a movie that there's a it's there's a movie that starts at five. It's it's uh it's ten a.m. right now. You want to go see that five o'clock? And she's like, wait a minute, we didn't talk about that yesterday at all. <laughs> Hold on, you want to go see a movie today? And we're literally not doing anything. Uh, but but then she'll do it. And then another example, which is hilarious, is we will go, we will make plans with our friends. And uh, here's an example of. of a, f- a couple friend of ours invited us over and another close couple friend of ours. We were going over, we're all going to the one couple's house and we get there and there's a car in the driveway that Elena does not recognize. Oh. So Elena says, Gerald, whose car is that? And I said, I don't know. And she goes, they, they better not have invited other people that I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, so I think we were in the car for a few minutes and I was like, well, then we have to go in. Yeah, I had to prepare. We have to go in. So we go in and it turned out to be, um, they have a, they have a son and it was, it was the son's girlfriend, Aww. but that's how, um, that's how she was where like the, the whole, the, the plan changed and she yeah. was not prepared. Yeah. So it threw off her world for a little bit. And, well, I, and I, I think you can relate like if we're sewing and it's like, yeah, let's go to the movies at six. Like, hang on. I just cut an iron fabric mm. for like two hours and I had in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be able to like do this. And it's like, you want me to go to a movie for another two and a half hours mm-hmm. or watch a three hour movie. And that's like the rest of my evening. Like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. I, I'm the same way, like with the movie thing and my husband loves movies and, you know, he's, yeah. cer- he's like certain movies you have to see in the theater. Oh, for sure. Which I know for what he's sure. talking yeah. about, but you know, uh, f- I, it's for me, I act like an old person because I love the like afternoon matinee <laughs> movies where you are guaranteed yeah. open seats around you. I don't want to be like, yeah. I, I will not go to a movie on opening weekend because you're going to be crammed in there. And it's just I my anxiety just goes way up. So, yeah, I totally understand I you. With that. Yeah. And that definitely the thing of like, oh, it's this is impeding in my sewing time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, um, so that's good. And about your podcast and, um, I like it, I like it both ways. When you two are on, you have a really good, um, you know, content and banter between each other, um, bouncing either ideas or your, even if you guys don't agree on things. I mean, that's very interesting to hear different perspectives. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Um, and it's so funny. That's how, like we talk like eh, eh, without the microphones, you know. Sure. And I think we've talked about it before too, where like something. Um, sometimes we don't have any content, and we literally think about, well, what happened this week, and then we make content out of it. But there's uh, times that may probably every other week where she'll call her, she'll call me, or I'll call her, and then we will need to discuss something that actually just happened, whether it be an opportunity or. 
this An crazy email yeah. or something. And then yeah. we're like, wait, let's well, let's talk about it on the podcast. Let's not talk about it. Right I don't want to tell you. I'll talk to you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which I think is unique as well, because who would think that you could take an email and make a, a podcast episode out of it, but make it interesting? And yeah, um, I, I remember the one because, you know, someone emailed you and it, I think it was like with the, you know, time frame of getting the shirt and whatever. And you guys use like a third party, blah, blah, blah. And it mm-hmm. was just not a nice email. So I, yeah. It was interesting. I, I, I enjoyed hearing that because even it just as a small business owner, it, it's nice to get other business owners' perspectives and how they handle yeah. customer service, dif- difficult customers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm pretty good at that. Actually, the funny one, uh, maybe about a week ago, a customer was like, I ordered a shirt weeks ago. Or no. Uh, Last month. Close to a month ago. Yeah, close to a month ago. And I looked and it was literally like three days. Like three days before. Oh man! Um, You're like, calm down, Bato. Yeah, and I'm like, how can I, how can I stick it to him, but not stick it to him? And I remember I said, um, I always say like, thank you, mm-hmm. thanks for reaching out. I appreciate the order. Uh, looks like your order was placed on, and I put the date, and then in parentheses, three days ago, <laughs> instead of the month. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't know. It, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. But he, you know, they jump, they jump right back and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. And he could have got me confused with somebody else, but those are just the things that, you know, you had to yeah. deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, g- getting a little bit deeper into your, um, what your side hustles are, um, Gerald, yours is uh, Taco Gear. And like you said, Correct. you design the t-shirts and sell them. But there's a couple of little interesting things that you've done, like the decks, the card decks. I thought that was yeah. cool. I went to your website and I just, the photographs are amazing. Do you take your own photography? Some of them, uh, of the, of the actual shirts? Or well, just, no, your just, homepage, like you have, like, I, I didn't actually play the video with, oh. with the tacos <laughs> on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> They're oh, real. Gotcha. You know, some of the, yeah, so, some of those are actually um, other photographers. Okay. I don't do a lot of, of, of shooting my own photos. Some are... Um, Honestly, some photographers early on reached out and said, um, can you like they'll do free photography if I just send some shirts oh, wow. and I trusted them. And I think I've done that probably in the five years, the first couple of years, I did that probably like 10 times. And honestly, all it cost me was the T-shirt. Wow. You know, and, so and cool. we, we use a drop shipper. So yeah. it was like $14, you know, absolutely. It, it was a risk. And um, so uh, I would say maybe like 80% of the photographers did really well. And I was uh-huh. like, wow, this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And some of those pictures are still on the website. Some of them too um, are mock-ups. Surprisingly, there's huh. a, there's a website. Not, can, can I mention the website? Sure. They're not yeah. a sponsor of either of us, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there's a website called placeit.net and it's full of models with blank t-shirts and all you have to do is upload your artwork and, and you can experiment with different color. It's, it looks so realistic and you, you have to pay like seven 95 for each one. But, um, or, you know, there's like a, you pay $20 a month and you get unlimited, but when you're starting out and you don't have photography, it's a, it's really cool. So that's a mixture of mock-ups and real photography is on my, and I I may have taken a few pictures and what you can do with your phone is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you know, if just in the right lighting and stuff. Um, so, and some of them are fan pictures that I'll just post back up. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's really really good. good. Yeah. That's what I use for that piece. 
for the pizza? Absolutely. I use that for that pizza brand because okay. it's because on that pizza brand, the homepage of that website has uh, five models on the front and they're standing in a group. So oh. for seven ninety five, you can get do five completely different colored T-shirts and different um, designs. And it looks so realistic. It's insane. Yeah. I had no idea so. that this was out there. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's stuff we're still finding every day too. We're like, did you know about this? That is so yeah. cool. And then, yeah. So I just, I have a lot of fun with the brand early on. It was made because I couldn't find a shirt that I thought represented, uh, Latinos well enough that like, I mean, I, 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 I saw one or two of the taco shirts that were out there at the time and I'm like, I wouldn't wear that, you know? <laughs> um, so that's, that, that's what made me make my own. And I just kept going from there and it actually opened up my eyes to, um, more to my own culture and to the food and who makes mm-hmm. it and, and all that stuff. So I'm really appreciative of that. So while we're on tacos, what is your favorite taco? Oh, that is like a, ooh. okay. So here, here in South Texas, we have breakfast tacos on the West coast. They have breakfast burritos. Mm-hmm. There is a difference between the two because ours are not fully wrapped. Um, so that is a burrito. I get that. But my favorite breakfast taco is, uh, it's a combination of chorizo with egg, bacon, and potato. Mm, and there's good. a, the thought behind that is the grease from the chorizo soaks into the potato. So, um, it's just, it's just a really good combination. Yeah. And <laughs> I really made that sound complicated. Uh, but <laughs> the, uh, the, the other, my other favorite is, um, just some really good, um, carnitas or pastor, you know, the, there's a, a trompo that looks like a spindle mm-hmm. uh, on the streets where they cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's those are some of my favorite taco tacos, and I'll have those all the time with some lime and some salsa, and mm-hmm. we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I think I know Elena's because uh, I watched it on your video, but you could tell the listeners what your favorite taco is. <laughs> Mine is a a plain, a very simple bean and cheese. All you know, just bean and cheese, the best refried beans and the cheesiest government issued cheese you are good <laughs> that is awesome yeah. that is so great but <laughs> i was curious because on the video you said okay now it's got to be like a a good bean you know frijoles mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. so but what is i mean do you use them from the can or do you actually like prepare the, you dr- know, the dry uh, you can beans? You you can. Uh, I've made them from scratch, right? Like from the dry pinto beans right. and you wash them and you soak them mm-hmm. and then you, um, but I mean, I know people that used, uh, that used a uh, canned uh, pinto beans and then add their own like cebolla and, you know, uh, tomato and bacon and they make it into like this, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Paste? Uh, just like, just like, no, just frijoles de olla, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of making their own pinto beans. But um, to make a refried pinto bean, you have to, of course, drain the liquid and and then fry them. And mm-hmm. typically you fry them in lard. Oh. And uh, so it makes them super greasy and like really, really grasosas, like really, really just thick and hearty and you mash them with a potato masher and forget it. It's oh, like, I love the best. that. It's <laughs> like those. the best. Yes. Refried beans are the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, not, not, the, not good for you, but they're the best. Well, my favorite taco is the Cecina taco. I love that one. It's the steak marinated with, um, uh-huh. Jalapeno, onions, and cilantro. And I don't love cilantro, but on these tacos, I do. 
which is bizarre. That's so funny. (laughs) Do you have like the soapy jean? Like, you know how that people have like that jean that cilantro tastes like soap? Yeah, I I don't know. Do you have that? I don't know, but it it does taste like soap to me or like sweaty socks. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that's like a genetic thing. Yeah, that's a genetic thing. And so, and yeah, so if you don't like cilantro, I love cilantro. Like I can eat it just off the stem it's so good uh, uh, but some people can't no, and it, it, can't. it's they determine yeah that yeah. it's a, a gene mm-hmm. that ta- it tastes like soap mm-hmm. yeah. yeah for sure that's, that's me <laughs> <laughs> i i um actually live um it's a very diverse uh ethnic you know cultural city it has a strong now mexican um residence and uh but yeah. my husband grew up here And back in the day, like Al Capone, it was like Polish Czech. Well, they're still Polish Czech and now it's Hispanic and, um, you know, you name it. But I, it wasn't until I moved here that I really got immersed and I love the Mexican culture. And um, just like 500 feet that way is a little Torres Fresh Market. And I love it. And I have learned so much about, I love the food. And I, um, like a few months back, I made my first caldo de res soup and it turned out fantastic. Yes. Congrats. I I know. I made the real deal. (laughs) That's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And I'm always trying to learn, like, what do they, because that, that market has all these cool, fresh ingredients and, and um, I, I'm just, yeah. I, I look it up and I'm, what's this? And how do I use it? And how do I cook with it? And so, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm really lucky because it's funny because I always cook with poblano. Poblano is my favorite pepper because I cannot stand the heat really of, you know, spicy, yeah. spicy ones. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I will eat jalapenos, but I mean, it's got to be like mostly without seeds. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No, I'm the same. But I love poblanos and yeah, but it's funny because now I have adopted so much of that into my cooking that when I'm elsewhere or, you know, with my family, they're just like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, poblanos, you got to put, <laughs> you have to do yeah, that. There's, um, there's a local restaurant here that makes poblano soup. So it's a creamy, it's like, it has to be with like either milk or crema or something. And of course, like pureed roasted poblanos oh my god it's so it's so Mm, good that sounds delicious yeah poblanos are good well, yeah. And um, I thought it was pretty interesting, too, because when you have your guests on your show, you a lot of times cook for them. I do. Yeah. Except I didn't cook for two guests. But <laughs> the first one. Therese and Javi. Yeah. Redo. Yeah, redo. We're going to have to redo it. <laughs> yeah. I, I do cook for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. That's really great. So, Elena, let's talk about um, So Bonita. So Bonita okay. is your business. Yes, it's an online store. Um, we have a brand that represents the Mexican-American culture. I was raised on the border of Texas. And um, so I was a hop, a skip, and a jump away from Mexico all the time. And uh, being, I, I think, just being, I didn't appreciate where I grew up until, you know, later when you leave home, right? And right. so it's kind of, oh, I had the magic of Mexico in my backyard. Um and so I um, 
grew up in a sea of beautiful brown people and speaking Spanish. And I, uh, so when he does a reflection of that, of mm-hmm. that in my life and at the same time with things that, that really resonate and bring a lot of memory, like the pan dulce and, and, you know, dichos that my grandmother or my mother would say and, and talking about being chismosa and, and so, uh, so Bonita, I think is just, uh, kind of identifies as this Mexican American brand that just is trying to bring a little cultura to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really great. And, um, uh, I was sad that I missed out I, on your website. You had this Oaxaca bolista and, um, uh, uh-huh. and I just didn't, I should have gotten it when I saw it, but I didn't. And I went back and it was gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah. I like, I like that embroidered fabric and I like that you, um, you source fabrics that are from your culture. Um, yeah. like there's mm-hmm. that one with the stripes. What is that fabric called? Oh, the Kambaya fabric? Kambaya, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Kambaya. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's like woven, so it's it's so difficult to sew with. Is it um, but thick? You, yeah, because it, it like, no, it's super thin, but it's, since it's woven, like it's like legit, like weavers wove it. Oh, so it'll come apart. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you have to, um, you have to uh, uh, put on a, a fleece, a fusible fleece mm-hmm. or something, some kind of um to iron it and then it keeps all the woven pieces together but oh, yeah it's it's super bright and colorful and i love it very but. colorful and it's interesting because mm-hmm. i see that um in your um the the bags and purses that you make and that fabric just looks um very modern cuz you kind of yeah. see those kind of stripes and and color palettes right. everywhere now really mm-hmm. so yeah. i think that's an interesting kind of like transition into into, you know, our blended American. Right. <laughs> yeah. Culture. Um, and uh, you also do the t-shirts. So, and that's cool because um, in your photographs of your products, you have the t-shirts with like some skirts that you make. Oh, right. Uh-huh. So it's like the yeah. whole ensemble. And I think that's right. pretty smart. And um, with the t-shirts too, I thought, you know, that's a good idea because it, what has deterred me sometimes from from doing an online shop is the the shipping and mm-hmm. you know just being afraid of just getting overwhelmed or not getting stuff out to people on time and then they're yeah, angrily yeah. emailing me or whatever but um right. i love that idea of of designing product and then having that third party shipper i mean you still you have to ship out what you make though Right. Exactly. Yeah. How does yeah, how everything do you like I that? Sew, I mean, I well, I, I, there's. I feel like when I when I sell something, I sew. I feel like um, they're taking a little bit of me, and um, just the fact that people are interested in what I'm making, it just makes me really happy, and very thankful um, because. I'm pretty much self-taught and I, 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 my mother passed away in 2008 and I could, she never, she wanted to teach me to sew and I just never wanted to learn. Um, so I feel like it, this is kind of an homage to her, mm. uh, sewing and creating and making beautiful things that, um, I find colorful and vibrant and, um, 
it can can be overwhelming sometimes. I think sometimes when we're like getting ready for like Christmas or like um, uh, those peak seasons like Mother's Day or uh, wedding seasons or even uh, Easter or Valentine's. Like th- there's always like that. Okay, people want gifts, right? And so sometimes we have to set some time aside in, in addition to whatever else we're doing to get ready to ship product out. Mm. And, and typically, I mean, it's a really flawless system. And if it doesn't, if it gets lost, then it gets lost and it has to be replaced. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just, you have to fix it. Um, the t-shirt line is easy cause that self sustains mm-hmm. itself. You know, yeah. we just process the order and then it takes care of itself. But, um, uh, when we have to ship stuff out, whether it's a sticker mm-hmm. or a pencil pack, you know, it can get, it can get lost, but it's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah. And what you say is true because, you know, as a maker and art and, and artists too, it's when they make things and they're either given to others or people buy them mm-hmm your soul is in that you you've made that and it's even that much more special um yeah so uh, it it, i love that and um i think that's you know what what i love about making is part of it you know being Mm -hmm. able to make yeah for sure out of nothing with your hand you know it's it's just like you're you're in that whatever the bag that you just made or the skirt or Uh mm uh-huh so um Let's talk about one more thing. Um, you're, you, you've actually created pop-up, uh, I don't know if it's a pop-up shop or it's like a, a local fair or something. Yeah, a market, market. A local market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Um, talk about how that started. And it's kind of grown into something more than probably you even thought yeah. would happen, right? For sure. It's <laughs> insane how much it's grown. Um, I noticed, well, because I'm online only, and I think so many of my fellow creative artists are the same. Uh, there was a trend happening in the country where it was just very pop-ups were happening everywhere, right? And then so I was like, what is this? What is this? And how is this happening? And what people were doing was they were renting out like empty business spaces and like setting up shop for like a month. Right. Mm -hmm. And so without actually having a full blown store, like you can come get this product from, you know, May 1st to May 30th or whatever. And so, um, I thought, why can't we do that at a much smaller scale with multiple vendors? And so I reached out to a friend of mine who owns a uh, restaurant bar and I said, can we do this on your patio? What do you think? And she was all for it. Um, and so I asked five of my closest uh, vendor friends and I said, are y'all interested? They said, yes. And so we went in and so it was six of us. And then we did it again a year later and it was 11 of us. And then I, and yeah, and it was, it's a free event. Um, and I thought we've outgrown. And, and so we went to a new place, uh, used to be an old, um, bus station here downtown Corpus Christi and it's a bar now. So where the buses used to uh, drive through, it's all all open Mm -hmm. Um, and it has an awning, a covered uh, awning. And so it's really, really cool. Anyway, um, so we've been having it there for the past uh, three years. Um, And so we did one again one year and 
uh, one of the food because we have now we have food trucks there at this uh, at this new place. And one of the food trucks was like, hey, like we sold out. What do you all think about doing it more? Like, can you all do this more? So we thought, okay. so last year, 2019, we did three of them and it was insane. Three. So now we went from six vendors. Yeah, we went from six vendors to 23, 24 vendors, three food trucks, DJ, face painter, entertainment, dog friendly, family friendly, free event. Um, and so now we have a wait list of vendors and, wow. uh, be, yeah, it's, it's insane. And so we've also attracted really big heavy hitters from out of town, from San Antonio, uh, people come down from Austin, Houston, Del Rio. Um, and you're talking about three to four hours away. They, yeah. they come and shop with us, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just really, really thankful that. It's something really different here. And I'm so, so honored and blessed to have a community that embraces us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we've been watching it grow. And it, it's such a well-oiled machine. And my vendors are spectacular. And so, it, and they trust me, which I don't take lightly. Um, and I And I want them to not only have a successful market, but I want them to sell their product and I want our customers to have an amazing time and they do. Um, so we're kicking off 2020 with our next one, March 7th. Um, and we're getting ready. Oh, wow. yeah. So it's insane. It's nuts. How many yeah. do you think you'll do this year? Three again? We're hoping four. Four. <gasps> four? We're hoping for four. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. We're hoping. And yeah. Would, would, so we'll do one in March and then uh, probably another one in the summer and then two in the fall. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I just thought about it because I'm like, oh, probably just only in the summer. But that's because I'm in Chicago. But you probably have nice weather <laughs> <laughs> year round. Well, and, and this, we had one this past summer and it was brutal. I mean, hot. Oh, and you, so we, we just learned heat, so right? much with each one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like it's a. Oh my God, it's so hot. So this in the summer, we're thinking about doing a night market where it's kind of chill and light it up and, mm-hmm. you know, real swanky and see what we can do. I, I don't know. We're just every market that we do, we learn and, and grow and take so much from the experience. So we'll see what happens. I just find that so Stay fascinating. Tuned. Yeah. And that you have um, done that. Like this is this is your thing, your baby. You you grew this out of nothing. Yeah. And it's so much yeah. work and you work full time and it's just how well, and like Gerald, like <laughs> designing for it. He does all the marketing for it. Like, I mean, I, he puts everything, all the flyers and everything that we have to get printed. Uh, we started reaching out for sponsors mm-hmm. um, because there's value in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a whole other ball game that we had to learn how to play, like how to ask for money so that we can uh, pay for printing or pay Mm -hmm. for a DJ and pay for a caricature artist or, you know, because at the beginning I was paying for everything and it just Mm -hmm. didn't seem like, um, and I, and that was difficult for me to have to be like, Hey, give me so many so I can help this. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. It's still hard. hard. Um, but, um, Loka has grown so much and it's such a great event and we're so proud of it. And we're so proud of the vendors because it's a very well curated market. I don't allow just anybody. I don't allow a, just a hobbyist. Um, this is a legit business. You have to have a sales tax ID with the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
Yeah, I know third party, like you can't sell like essential oils or like Scentsy or, mm-hmm. and we don't, we don't allow any third party vendors. Um, so essentially this is a, a crafter creator right, uh, right. market. I mean, it reminds me of the Renegade craft fair. I don't know if that's okay. ever come through Corpus Christi, but like, no, they, it's um, all, it's all around. Like um, it comes to Chicago every September and it's outdoor free market and there's like the little tent booths and you just the uh-huh. whole street is closed off downtown it's really cool and uh you know they have like this the beer tents and all this other like you said food and stuff and it's fun yeah. i look forward to going to that and uh um, yeah. and and it's kind of it seems like that's that's what you're you've created for your local area that yeah. now people are traveling to go to yeah, it's, it's just very so cool. mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. But I just know, but it's a lot of work. But you said some, a key thing, though, because Gerald helps you with a lot of the marketing and yeah. graphic design. And- well, not only that, he like physically helps me like he helps me go mark off the spaces and load that, you know, we have we have a U-Haul with all our stuff and set up my booth. And or if I need to walk around and check on the vendors, he maintains the booth. I mean, it's by the end of the night, we are beat, mm-hmm. beat every time. I mean, it's, it takes a lot out of us, but it's so worth it. Yeah. And, and then do you yeah. kind of like sort of t- just recuperate and take some time off and let yourself regenerate? No. Oh. What? <laughs> no. No. After, after the, no- the November market, because uh-huh. that's like that's on Small Business Saturday. Um, after that, I stop sewing till the next year. Like I'm going to enjoy my Thanksgiving and I'm going to enjoy good or that's after Thanksgiving. I'm going to enjoy my holidays or going on vacation. Like I'm not touching my machine till January. And that's exactly what I did this year. But after March, like, no. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. You Sure. I think so. Because then you would just kind of lose that passion, even though you love it so much. Like I love sewing too, but sometimes... I just have to, well, my husband knows he has to like force me to go out and I'm like, oh, no, 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 kicking and screaming. And then we go out and have a nice day. And I'm like, whoa, I really needed that. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, the other day, I think Gerald and I both stayed up. I think it was on a weekend. We stayed up till like two in the morning, like not even knowing it was two in the morning. I I knew what time it was. I didn't know. (laughs) And I remember, I I remember I was like, it's 11. Why is she not like ready to go to bed? But I was like on a roll. You know what I mean? Like I was into it and I was watching The Walking Dead and I was Uh like, I don't know what's happening. And Gerald from his office like, you know, it's like two in the morning. I was like, what? When did that happen? Because <laughs> like when I'm in the groove, I don't want to stop, you know. And so that's when yeah. the whole like, do you want to go to a movie? No, right. I'm working. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for me, sewing, it's like I enter a time warp because I have yeah. no sense of time, and it's just like you can't believe it's four hours later, and you're like, what happened? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just ironing fabric. Yeah. <laughs> well. That w- thank you so much, both of you, for coming on to the show. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that um, love to sew, quilt, and make things. And um, I think you sharing, like, just um, how you guys run your businesses. And really, um, the thing that I get from listening to your podcast is that um, 
you just have to try it. You don't have to be so scared. And if it doesn't work out, then you just figure another way. And so that's yeah. the kind of thing that I have to get over because I'm just like, oh, I don't, I have to be, you know, it's got to be perfect and I got to know what I'm doing. And, but then nothing gets done. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And we have, uh, you know, that, you know, that cartoon picture of, is it Batman slapping? Oh yeah. Robin. Robin. Uh-huh. And it's kind of a meme. Well, um, we we uh we we have friends or acquaintances that are always like I'm thinking about doing this and we always want to just insert that slap like stop thinking about it just do it <laughs> right. uh, because you know I think all of us who have you know social media and we we all see those people that talk and are like I'm thinking about starting this up or doing this and it's like the ones that actually do it or th- they they just do it. They don't say they're thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. They just do it. And and I don't know. It's, yeah, that first step is always the difficult right. one for I think for anybody that's starting a business, but mm-hmm. um when you have that idea and you have that itch and you have that creative um nerve just going, I think it's important to to channel mm-hmm. that and it, whether it's, you know, making sewing stuff or launching a t-shirt line, it's it, it's there's some kind of self-gratification when you have your business that's taking off and you know it's like oh it's flying out of the nest it's really cool yeah it's a cool feeling yeah absolutely um so just uh best of luck to you guys and um i'm definitely going to stay tuned in to your show so i'll hear about what happens at your markets <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah thank thanks. you for inviting us yeah on here. thank you uh, and also before i um you guys were really kind enough to add a promo code for my listeners, which is nice. So, um, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so you made a promo co- code. It's called, um, so they type in makers at either website. So you could take at tacogear.com and at sobonita.com. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's right. Like for a limited time. So I yeah. don't know how long, but it's not going to last forever, everybody. Uh, so the websites go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think those are uh, those are for ten percent off. Yeah, yeah, ten yep, percent off. Yes. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll Absolutely. we'll chat again. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Bye, everybody. Adios. Bye bye. Oh wait, you always say hasta hasta la próxima. La próxima. <laughs> yes, I love that. Every time you say that, I say it with you. I'm like hasta la próxima. <laughs> Bye. And all I say is bye, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast. The podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Stephanie Socha. Until next time, have a great day. Bye.